All right, everybody, I'm here with uh, Zach Counts, and we're going to talk about uh, a lot of fun stuff, a lot of, uh, oh man, how would I even, <laughs> just, just a lot of, lot of fun stuff. We're going to be going over <laughs> modernism, postmodernism, uh, metamodernism, just sort of moving into this whole kind of new paradigm that we're entering as a, not just a culture, but, you know, as hum, human beings in general. So, uh, yeah, and kind of just looking at like, what it because i don't want to get too trapped in the details because there's a totally. lot of just like there's a lot of over, details there's a lot of overhead so also just kind of looking at like what does this mean now like what is the atmosphere that we're in like you know whatnot. absolutely um zach do you want to like just kind of give like a quick uh like what what kind of interests you about this topic and then we'll for sure just dive in yeah so um my name's zach counts i Went to school for like fine art and whatnot, got into advertising, um, that went well. Um, not doing advertising as much now, More now it's just more like freelance, like doing stuff that I enjoy. I put out a book last December called Everything's For Sale. Um, just about philosophy, attention arbitrage, stuff like that. Um, I'm really interested in this specific topic because I think just on like a, um, if you just list out like the top things that are wrong with society, most people would say something to do with Facebook and something to do with advertising model. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I was, I feel like that is not lost on me as someone yeah. who would do that every day. So I spent a lot of time kind of contemplating these things and thinking about like the broad social aspects. Like I also spent a year, my first year in school in economics and accounting. Mm -hmm. So like uh, that business interests me, but also, um, like I said, I'm very interested in philosophy. So almost like I have, uh, I don't know, like a lot it's of a, competing interests. Like uh, one of my though. favorite books is Deleuze, uh, uh, Anti-Oedipus, which is an anti-capitalism book. You know what okay. I'm saying? Pretty much. Yeah. So it's like, I, I value both sides and see like kind of the predicament we're in. So. Yeah. Yeah. And we are really in a predicament, aren't we? I mean, I was, I was just li kind of re re upping my, uh, my knowledge kind of re just kind of reminding myself of like everything involving the Frankfurt school today. And um, I kind of forgot how, how crazy of an idea it was 150, 170 years ago. Um, I mean, it was really on the cutting edge this idea that Marx had that, that at some point the workers are going to take over the means of production because what they were dealing with at that time was just unchecked capitalism, 14, 15 hour days. Um, yeah, and, and it just really, I mean, just kind of, there's no way to really understand what it was like to be a person back then, but just through those readings and through the actions taken by academics in the aftermath of World War One and in the Great Depression, I mean, sort of like we're staring at the edge of the cliff now, they, see, they were looking at the edge of the cliff then, you know, contextually, and uh, philosophies moved I just feel like it's moved at light speed and there's too many ideas now almost. It's hard to keep track of all of them. Would you somewhat agree? Um, I'm somewhat more pessimistic and that okay. I, because I think it's so hard to not keep up with it, then that means that there's not that many good ideas. And That's so true. I think like only like one or two really stand out to me. And I feel like most things are kind of um, echoes off that. Like, so for instance, like I think, barring any like ontological like specificity that isn't fucking important besides mm -hmm. for philosophers that are going to read the publications that only like 100 or 150 people read like right. uh i think 
you have like material like strict strict materialists and then you have these like um ghost postmodernists that people are fighting that it's like mm-hmm. so like Slavoj Žižek um right. Bruno, Bruno Latour like they're like these proto-marxist you know what I'm saying like Slavoj still calls himself a, a communist they're right but, like, but Slavoj like not, he, he sort of he he cancels himself out a little bit and it's something I find so confusing and again this is kind of one of the issues with with post postmodern I mean postmodernism not post postmodernism pardon my stutter but um that's that there are certain philosophies that are undefinable because we mm-hmm. live in an undefinable state yeah and to me that just sounds like a logic that sounds like a logical fallacy like i mean it's like okay well there's there's an argument that you're unable to make so you are and and you know this is again i don't know enough to say this is how i de- definitively feel but you know again it's i'm being pulled in different directions in my mind where i'm going okay well you know hundred years ago, people had a more objectivist view of the world. Um, we were sort of more invested in what, what it was that technology and enlightenment values more or less could bring us still. And it feels like we're kind of the paradigm or the, the pendulum has swung kind of so, at least, at least in like my school environment towards everything is like, a, everything's a subjective reality. You know, every reality is a subjective reality. There's no truth. Yep. Yeah, it's it's very confusing, um, yeah. but very interesting too at the same time. Yeah, I hundred percent feel that. Um, I think I like the idea that you said of like swinging back and forth or something because I think, and that's one reason why um, Anti Oedipus is one of my favorite books because uh, Deleuze and uh, Guattari like they describe it as schizophrenic thinking, and they're looking almost like are you familiar with like Foucault and stuff? Almost mm-hmm. yeah. So it's like. You, you can break down all these things to such a like macro level you can say like uh this is like almost the hegelian idea of like progress like this is how things are like mm-hmm. objectively less people get sick today than they did 100 years ago things are better like the stephen right. king current view of like yeah. you know what I'm things are things are okay um but then there's also the 100 percent subjective so you like and and both of those are completely valid and so i feel like it's like everything else I feel like there's no right answer and it's just a balancing act of those. And that is why I think that you say like, or you say it feels like pulled in two directions because I think neither one of those truly captures what it is. Like mm-hmm. even when you look at like the American, like the way American democracy and everything is set up, like it's strict individualism and strict, like, you know what I'm saying? Government yeah. totalitarianism, like yeah. it, there's no in between. And I think right. it's the same thing ontologically and with everyone's philosophy. And that's where everyone's getting to is mm-hmm. there is this like untangibleness to reality that you can't get to. If mm-hmm. it is real, we don't know, but we're having right. to act like it is, you know what I'm totally. saying? Yeah. The only ways we can look at it is that the, through the biggest, like magn- the biggest magnifying glass we have. So like, big five personality freudian mm-hmm. like uh all these different like modes of like looking at the personality like spiritual Patterns. ways yeah spiritual ways archetypal ways like i'm saying everything's every phenomenological way of looking at it mm-hmm. and then we also need to look at all these things in a like almost strictly foucaultian sense of like this is how power breaks down this is how things influence things this is how capitalism eats itself this is how right. and finding a balance between the two and so i, I think it's like us having to bounce back and forth that a lot of people are looking for a clear answer and that's mm-hmm. why it trips up a tripwire in everyone's brain because like if you think you have a 100 percent right answer you're probably wrong and not exactly grabbing the nuance of the problem yeah and and kind of going off what you said for a second it's uh the more like the more i learn about just pretty much anything the more i realize that the path of 
I mean, you hear the term like enlightened centrism kind of thrown around. Yeah. And I do think, and as the old, the older I get, like I'm 29 now and I've like, I, I used to be, uh, I, one day I just Googled, I was like, what is no, what are Noam Chomsky's like, how does Noam Chomsky affiliate politically? Mm. And I, I read, Oh, he's a anarcho communist yeah, yeah. anarcho syndicalist. I was like, I want to be that. Cause that's, you know, Noam Chomsky's that that's cool. Um, Same. Yeah. Is the, the older I've got, the more I'm like, yeah, you know, um, really, I mean, there's matter and antimatter. I mean, every, you see this breakdown into even the physical world and the objective world that there are, um, you know, there's order and chaos. There is, we kind of live in a binary. We have a left and right brain and both of these act differently too. Mm -hmm. um, and, and even sub within that, like there's like the gray area around your brain and then there's like your whatever monkey brain is Buddhist. Yeah, call your, it. Poor, your uh, Oh, my girlfriend, I know she's going to nursing school. Uh, whatever the the fist looking thing is, right? Yeah. Like, brainstem. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All that. All that. So it breaks down, like you're saying, in so many different, like, yep. Yeah. Um, That's a good idea. Yeah. Stay hydrated, man. I just went out for the first time. Um, there's like a brewery, brewery down the street. And I just like, well, really, we just kind of are reopening in California. It's still really up in the air and sticky some yeah. places are just totally defying some places are it's a it's a total nightmare you can basically guess who someone voted for by whether or not they're eating at a certain place or not yeah um, but yeah i just went out for the first time for like five months and it was oh, wow. a very kind of trippy experience um i was in <laughs> i was in florida originally so i mm -hmm. lived in tampa uh when it happened and so i was there till about july and so like i did i marched into all that good stuff yeah florida um, florida hasn't have did they lock down long <laughs> no so that's, what I was, that's what i'm saying so like i i locked down pretty tight but like i went and did that mm -hmm. and like i have you said you're 29 i'm 29 or 28 my cousin's 29 that i live with down there and so like we'd see each other but that's we're two younger you know guys who mm -hmm. don't really see each other and both work from home so uh right. I've been out a little bit and then I had to move in the middle, which was interesting, but I, it, I, I did, I have avoided a lot of that that you're talking about though, of like seeing who people voted for based mm -hmm. off that, because everywhere I've been, like even the democratic people with like a Joe Biden sign in my neighborhood and like yeah. Tam Tampa aren't wearing a mask most of the time. Cause it's right. just Florida. Yeah. There's different, there's different layers to the, the lefties in my, you know, and again, I'm, I consider myself a lefty too for yeah. the most part i have i mean again like going back on this centrist idea it's like i do think that there's a huge value i look at people who identify centrist and i'm like you are on you're onto something like you are you're like it's like that meme with like the the tiny brain getting bigger a little bit yeah i'll, um, I'll agree but i'm okay but my personality and also my the mode of thinking that i think is right per mm -hmm. se is that i should disagree because there's a nuanced point there and that like I think uh, the binary that we set up or like the scale that we set up of like centrism is right. too fucked and it needs another axis and maybe, a third, and maybe yeah. a third, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, I, I think that a lot of my solutions lie typically on the edge. So like when I hear a lot of people talk about centrism mm -hmm. and being in the center, I immediately am like opposed to it because I think like, I think it's too simple. Now I'm probably going to, I mean, just based off like the conversation we've been having so far, yeah. I probably agree with a lot of things you're saying and I get totally. what you're saying nuance yeah. but i also think like uh depending on the scale a lot of the right answers like for instance ubi could be a 
far left position. That could be off the, that honestly kind of, and, and again, this gets into what, what we'll talk about too. It's, you know, if you're looking at, you're defining two positions. So you have to have some line where the positions theoretically end, right? Yep. And this differs for every country. Um, you know, you could say that there might be, I, I've never looked, I'm actually curious. I wonder if they'd have a study that would show, like plot out how left or how right the right and left parties are for different countries, because I'd be really curious. Yep. But, you know, it differs depending on where you are. And a lot of the ideas that I think would be most helpful would be completely off of the scale on, you know, probably the left end. I don't think I have any like extreme far right uh, opinions, uh, except, except for may, except for maybe like border control is a good idea in some, you know, in like a capacity. One thing I'll throw out there is how, <laughs> because this is how I'll gauge kind of the scale of what you're talking on that. So mm. how do you feel about cryptocurrency? I'm all for it. How, how large of an impact do you think it's going to have on our banking system? And what effect do you think that's going to have on the government? And how do you feel about that? I think it's going to have, I think it already has had a really big effect on our banking system. Based, I got into it, I started investing it like seven months ago. Um, I mean, again, it's, it's a bet against the dollar. And what mm -hmm. says that the dollar is going to survive? I mean, it just seems if you're looking at the history, you know, the dollar is going to fail eventually, something else is going to happen unless the United States somehow breaks the breaks the spell and just is the everlasting empire forever, which I don't think will happen. Um, so yeah, I think I'm, you know, I'm all for it. I think that as more and more companies start to invest in it, it's gonna, I mean, you know, the Fed hates it, it's unregulated, you can't set the in, you can't set the interest rates of cryptocurrency, which is what makes it so cool. Uh, yeah, so that's my opinion. But that's, you know, again, like people, cryptocurrency is one of those things where I feel like people meet in, you have, you have kind of political uh, outcasts of both parties who are, or just regular people too, understanding the value of something that, and again, maybe like a third axis would be the, uh, the establishment mm -hmm. and the people who are complete, who, un, who kind of see through the veneer of what the establishment is, or like, you know, Eric Weinstein's talked about like the disc, uh, see kind of through that idea, but. Yeah. And even speaking of that, you have people like Peter Thiel, who he works for, like investing a shit ton in Bitcoin. And so you, those yeah. people, that's almost like he's on the right but there's a certain axis of which he's following of what you're saying of like being on the outside which there's people i forget his name but like uh shift he's always on twitter arguing yeah. against bitcoin but yeah, uh sure. yeah you have people oh, like that yeah. that are like you know what i'm saying the the their their whole paradigm that they've built their life and career around mm -hmm. is like focused has to be with that that is wrong if not then right. they have to rethink so many things that they previously did that it's yeah it throws a tripwire in their brain so are you familiar with the uh the restaurant problem about it's kind of like a thought experiment that um i heard described kind of related to journalism and and the way that both parties so uh, the essentially the idea for the listeners is that you know you take like a group of 20 journalists of all political um or, or any, I guess you could say 20 people who are at various, and you could, you know, represent, this is a metaphor for journalists. So imagine 20 journalists, 20 people who have varied opinions and they're all at varying levels of hungriness, essentially. So the idea is if they can all agree to go and eat at one place, like let's say there's like, you know, you have a taco shop and you've got a fish market and you've got a fucking Burger King or whatever. 
So there are obviously going to be some people that don't want to eat Burger King and that, and some people who only want to eat the tacos and blah, blah, blah. But if enough people can be convinced to go one place because there's an incentive there for them to at least feed themselves, they will go. So the idea being that um, in a lot of our institutions, you've got this incentive. And I think it, again, it's, you see it more in like journalism. It's more obvious, I think, where you've got a bunch of people who are willing to report in some way because there's an incentive, not only, you know, regardless of what political side you're on, you know, if you understand that, okay, well, yeah, the incentive in this case is it's really expensive to do high quality journalism. So let's just write about what someone said on Twitter. That's a good way for us all to make money, isn't it? And so that kind of becomes the new norm and people are willing to make sacrifices that in other, in other cases they wouldn't. Yeah. And um, the immediate things that pop into my head, just even tying it to like, um, I think this is, the, it's definitely a postmodern phenomenon. And I think the, like the artist that comes to my head immediately when you say that is Hunter S. Thompson, right? Because mm -hmm. he's able to point out the different, like the, in like the bias that they have in reporting stuff, like making up rumors of campaign, like uh, right. whatever, you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. he's able to, by exaggerating and like blurring the line, he's able to like point it out so much because he has no regard for it. And everything. An agent like, of chaos, yeah. Exactly. So, so I think like even uh, just conceptually, a lot of people shit on postmodernism, but like, you know what I'm saying? That's a hundred percent a purely ironic, chaotic. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like juxtaposition. That's all postmodern tools that like is being used to critique like the capitalistic society while totally. also being outside of it enough to like leech off of it but not like there are values real values in that too yep and yep. i i mean i was I, this is going to sound funny but when you're talking about that i was thinking about how in like a very strange way it's it's like no one was really before before 2016 people were you know i was like an obama voter who was like kind of upset and disenfranchised with obama and was kind of seeing it in the same light as bush and then kind of doing going back and just kind of seeing everything in that same light yeah. and so in a strange way trump was like uh <laughs> like what did he say when he was debating jeb bush yeah he was <laughs> jeb bush was like oh you know you know my mother's like i love my mother more than anything she's the strongest woman I know. She's the smartest woman I know. And then Trump just like cuts in and is like, well, then why didn't she run instead of you? It's like, no one's used to that. And it's like, yeah. in a way, as, as ridiculous as Trump is, as a personality, he, sh he, he was able to like expose some of the show of it all that we've all gotten used to. And I think that there are real, even like in things like critical theory and things like that, which I'm generally like, kind of unsure about especially with an educational sense I think it's important to question ideas that that go against the status quo in like what people would consider to be extreme ways because it at least get pe gets people to think about I think it's how you communicate those ideas really that is what matters at the end of the day yeah um and there's a lot of good stuff there and so my mind's gone a lot of different ways but I 100% agree um especially uh, this is something I can't really touch on. Maybe we'll get to it later, but like the education and critical theory, I, that's such an interesting thing. You know what I'm saying? Like I mm -hmm. see the, I see both sides, I see everything, but totally. to, to kind of the point, I, there's so much, there, gosh, hmm. 
how okay how much of that do you i'll throw it back how mm-hmm. much of that do you feel like is being demonized a uh, demonized as like if you if you see anything critiquing the system because people just look almost at like anything that critiques like major structures as mm-hmm. like that feeling you get when you mention critical theory you know what i'm saying like right, it, right. like almost like 100 percent subjective reality so like i don't know how do you feel about that um well i, I mean i guess i'll look at it through like an educational mindset because that's that's more like where my understanding is and context and i think it's really hard to say well again it's really hard to figure out what is objective or not and i think it has to start somewhere around there with with certain things not everything Uh, actually this uh, sorry to interrupt but how do you feel on just to go straight to a point Mm -hmm. how do you feel about objective reality oh man um well it exists in so culturally there are i think objective patterns of success for the most amount of people so like here's an example and because objective reality in the sciences is much different i think than it is in figuring out how to live a life with other people there was a there was a uh, anthropologist i was reading about who went to um went to some village in brazil or in like some you know in the tribe in the rainforest and it was their custom that if a woman like sleeps with another man outside of uh, outside of marriage or something and i think it was polygamous to a certain degree um but anyway, so, so if a woman were to sleep outside of marriage with a man, then essentially the entire village would be entitled to rape this woman. Wow. And he witnessed this and like tried to step in because in his mind, it was like, oh my God, how could this, like, yeah. how could this be? Um, and she and other, the other villagers, it was like, uh, there was a religious aspect to it too. So, and, and that, that's complicated because as soon as, you know, if you, if you commit something that you think that you, you understand as a sin in your culture, but then the religious atonement aspect has like a sort of like, you know, violent and uh, like what, what we would consider like a horrific, like all like a horrific act, but there's got this like aspect and layer of religious atonement on it. You know, Mm -hmm. people were like stepping in and saying, no, you can't do this. Like, what are you doing? This is what we've always done. So clearly, I think that that wouldn't work in a large multicultural society, even if it works for a small tribe in that situation. And it's accepted in, in one or more ways, you know? Not that, it's, not that it's right, but not that it's entirely wrong either in that sense. To us, it's extremely wrong, but even the women in this guy's account were like saying, no, 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 this is what happens when you do this. This is something we all accept, essentially. Yeah. So it's a different, if it's a difficult question, this subjectivity versus objectivity, because I think it kind of relies, like you have to make value judgments at a really large scale. And I think that we've actually done like our system for all of its flaws has done a decent job at figuring out those issues. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, nothing's perfect. Yeah. Um, And I, I agree. Um, I fall more, I, I tend to like speak more radically instead of 
I think the I think the trap we all fear falling into is like a mind virus, right? Of like mm-hmm. viewing things too big through one lens. Like I think that can either be like radical critical theory, like, or you could go I full Iron Rand. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think both <laughs> of those are equal mind viruses, and I the think liber- all- the libertarians who who just want every single road to be privately owned. <laughs> exactly and everyone have personal nukes and whatnot like you know what i'm saying so i i understand everyone yeah. and and i understand also that there's like the cost of each going haywire has to be taken into account like one person acting a little crazy over there and thinking that everything is their fault like necessarily isn't the worst like that's yeah. just one person over there kind of doing their thing right. uh, and i so i understand also the like danger like with like you can just look at history with like the USSR and like uh, Maoist China. Like I understand the point behind that, but I also think like anytime we simplify things for education, something goes wrong down the line. Anytime we simplify the canon, anytime we say there's objective reality or not objective mm-hmm. reality, I think we're making a grave danger, like we were saying earlier with the nuance. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, like I th- and even like how this conversation was approached, I think you have to attack it head on and then do each thing behind, like beyond that. Like even, I'm not, I don't, I'm not even a fan of this conversation or necessarily the specific views of the two people, but Jordan Peterson and Sam Harris is like the way they lay out like, okay, we have to get to what is objective reality first and then we can start talking about it. You're never going to get anywhere. Well, but I agree, but I yeah. think I think that you have to do that at the beginning to at least set the tone. So not that you have to- Or at agree. least be able to see where the other person's coming from. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying more of like, uh, I, I see the same problem within stating this objective reality or not. And that mm-hmm. you should you should pose it in a way that volleys it up for you to communicate with other people. Because I don't think there is an objective reality mm-hmm. or a completely subjective reality. So I think you almost have to like, constantly engage with people to bring about the reality or whatever because totally. like yeah yeah it could even be like the more you seek to understand someone's reality the more that you are eventually going to build a reality like what you're kind of just saying that mirrors the most it's kind of like a distillation of the most human realities combined into one which i think it's so important to have conversations with people because i mean perspective and learning from what other people are doing like I, I get this is where it kind of gets metaphysical, but you know that it's almost like there's got to be like an epigenetic sort of um, something working behind the scenes that we're not even aware of almost that allows us to. I think that like l- l- human history at a huge scale is sort of this just like very sped up adaptation and learning process that you would you would look at like another animal doing and say oh yeah that and you know um like how do whales know where to go every like there are certain things in their biology that kind of tell them and i i don't think that we know everything about or anywhere close to what we're capable of doing by just kind of reverting back to like the basics of what it is we like doing as people that's like that's why it's this coronavirus thing's been so weird because people have been kind of stripped of the basics almost it seems well, they definitely have. And, you know, I, th- I think it's been really harmful to people's mental health. That's one of the reasons why I decided to start doing this, because I was like, dude, I just miss having the conversations that I would have with people, you know, out at the bar or wherever, you know? Yeah. And, and that goes to like a couple different paradigms. Like there's that in a specific, like, 
over the past year. And then there's also like you're saying of like um, being an Obama voter, like the Trump presidency, like all these things, like which uh, to touch on what you're saying, one of the thoughts is I do view him as like a postmodern, uh, a postmodern performative piece of art. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think it should be looked at like Picasso or something like Picasso, shit person. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like totally just complete shit person. But yeah, like yeah. the, the, and just like Hunter S. Thompson, like Trump was just an agent of chaos, like no matter how you look at him. And so it's just the system throwing a bunch of haywires or whatever. But like, mm. I don't, I, God, I lost my train of thought, but I was about to say, this actually gets back on track and reminds me of what we we're talking about. Like, mm-hmm. I think like, if you're actually thinking in conversation that happens and that's something I'm super into is like not having pre-described answers and actually like looking at something like almost like building a mental picture in a conversation because I'm a very visual visual person Me too. so it's almost like that you're like building this scene in between and like you're saying like you're building almost like a higher resolution reality between the two people and I think this is very like Greek dialogue like all these things that which I think is like why the whole concept of post-postmodernism is important like there is these things that are like no matter how good quantum uh, theory is and everything like there's these ancient old things of like problems that we can't necessarily get around like we're saying of like objective reality and logic and all these things and like how do we actually like uh, like you said almost at the very beginning like the ordering chaos like all these like things that are programmed in our brain like for instance i heard it said the other day very eloquent like the fact that we get bored proves so much right yeah it means that we're supposed to be doing so we like there's no biological thing in us like hunger nothing else like there's a reason for that right totally and it's 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 to go for it's whatever that like uh uh the known to like plotting mapping out chaos like yep, we to have find what brings you meaning and you look at that my cat right <laughs> will work will work to get its food and then it will just sit and do absolutely nothing for like exactly. nine hours straight and it is a uniquely human thing. It really is that that need to like explore the edge of whatever, you know, whether it's physical or mental or whatever. And to yeah. me, that almost sets up the whole paradox that we almost obsess about of humans as consciousness is, yes, if there was like an objective thing out there or something, we could grab that almost defies the whole aspect of boredom or the whole aspect of like everything being like unknown or whatever and being like a biological thing to like, uh, a biological mechanism to like procreate at the end of the day you know what i'm saying like spread mm-hmm. the species or whatever it is like yeah it, it is just a way for us moving forward so of course we're not going to necessarily completely understand it but i think that's why it's so important like we're saying of like building the higher resolution reality out of all of our collective consciousness together like, absolutely so i want to ask you what what you think the kind of relating to this conver- conversation what do you think the most important traits i guess i mean this is subjective, but what do you, what do you think would be the, like, the best thing for us to, to focus on as, let's just say, stay in the United States because it's too broad to look at the whole entire world. But what do you think would be like in your ideal reality going forward through this sort of fog, trying to kind of push the politics and everything as we can, what do we, what can we do as a country and as like a group of people working together to make the most of the next 50 years? Like, where does that, and I know this is a big question, but just sort of like, what is that mental, what does that mental picture kind of look like, at least in some aspects to you? I'm curious. I think it goes to exactly what we're saying, we've been saying, but like, it, but it's hard because it's going to be a paradox, right? So like, I think the two things are almost like, 
you could broadly put it almost as like education and craftsmanship, which doesn't necessarily capture what I'm saying per se, because even behind craftsmanship, I'm really talking about like the inherited sense of like merit and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of, cause if you're saying specifically even, cause I could argue this in a lot of different ways, but like, if you're looking at the United States, which I would argue is what's best for the world, right? You know what I'm saying? Like if we collapse, I think that it's like USSR and all that stuff. Like, I think there's going to be a human damage that is like, super untold you know what i'm saying I, if I not, that. it's if important not like, that we exist I, I yeah if not nukes you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so if we do fall it should be graceful and it should not <laughs> be a crash and there should be no one with like heavy fingers at the at the wheel or whatever so yeah like i think but i think the way you do that is you actually like i think you can't like for instance you can't have subjectivity in science like there's certain things that you can't have subjectivity in that people have to like there's things that work or they don't like engineering and stuff like that and so i think the more we build like and those are things that have long term and so my point the short answer is i think innovation right like i think that's like but it's almost like you have to deconstruct that of like how does that come about and i think it's like creativity the spontaneity like completely subjective like having a crazy idea and they're like the like i was saying craftsmanship and merit mm -hmm. so my point is that we have to get better at creating things and like one plus one equaling three for real like uh the 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 uh model t you know what i'm saying like changes everything around the world but not even that it literally makes human civilization better mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i get that it has climate change and everything but like it was essential for the time right right like, like so things like even as weird as it is and as weird as uh, nuanced subject this is but even like a, a vaccine like the innovations that happen there because we are forced to you right. know what i'm saying so it's like i think things like that where we have to like rubber meets the road but also genuine creativity and like spontaneity like tesla einstein right. you know what i'm saying like these oh, yeah. type of thinkers that are like we almost imagine that they can't function nowadays but i think that's the reason that like they're needed and they're going to appear or they're going to totally. and i think that's why you have like uh us and just a ton of other people connected around like uh eric but just more in general the the intellectual movement it doesn't have to it doesn't matter how qualified these people actually are if you think like you know what i'm saying like you can argue like i said sam and uh jordan earlier like you can argue the individual merits but the whole fact that people are looking for this like mm -hmm. higher level of education mixed with this higher level of craftsmanship like i think is like the direction or whatever that we're naturally totally going agree. but i think it's like what we need or whatever yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think too that there needs to be almost more incentives for these types of people to, um, and, and this kind of goes, you know, just, just, to, just as a touch on economics, but like my grandpa, for example, was able to like support a family pumping gas at like a Chevron station, you know, and then he like rose through the company. And, and I'm not saying that like people I think, I think once we have, once we have something like, let's say, let's say we have something like UBI, right? Well, I feel like one people, those creative types who have that crazy idea can risk that at least trying it out. I think when we have more people in this, in the market, putting their ideas to test and trying to collaborate with people with a little bit of that, with a little bit more money in their pocket to be able to take those risks, we're going to see a lot of innovation really quickly. I mean, even things like, um, like the way that Substack is changing journalism is really interesting. Yep. Um, and, and what's nuts too, is like someone like Matt Taibbi or like Barry Weiss, they're making 
tons of money off of those two or three dollar subscriptions yep. and it's literally perfect because to me it's like oh yeah well i would much rather give you know a dollar to glenn greenwald every month or or whatever than yep. give ten dollars to the new york times or something but so i do think those solutions will come from those types of people it's just going to take i i kind of honestly think it's going to take the older generation dying off in our government and i know it sounds kind of crass and it is to some extent, but like in order for us to actually get to the point where they understand what needs to be done, what is, what is their incentive? If you're 85 years old or 82 years old or whoever, I think Joe Biden's what, 79 years old, right? Honestly, your body's got to feel terrible yeah. and you're not going to want to like put in that intense mental work. I don't, you know, I've hung around 80 year olds. They talk slow. It's like, you're getting old, you're getting close <laughs> to death. And so you know, focus on dying peacefully as anyone would want to at that age and like let people and, you know, like Eric Weinstein talks about, let the people who have the skin in the game take control of, of the vehicle, essentially. I mean, that's what really matters to me. Yeah. It's hard to, hard to imagine how that would, how that would come other than just time. I 100% agree. The only other component that could be at work to that last statement could be merit. And that mm-hmm. um, I think in a functional society, uh, Brett talks about this a lot, red sinking, but like in a functional society, we try to have these mechanisms that flush out rent seeking, like short, uh, short stocks, like shorting, being on a little short of stock and whatnot. Like there's these mechanics that are supposed to make businesses fall that in uh, government officials, everything, there's supposed to be this like falling function of like in government that would be like campaign contributions and everything because of, uh, theoretically the what's best for businesses they'll invest on for the people so that yeah i get the that's not how it works in the current system because of the compounded rent seeking but like theoretically that should be how it happens so like uh and a hundred percent i'm more radical in that like i think like it's going to be a combination of both but it's also going to be things are going to fall in ticks right like Mm -hmm. you're not going to have everyone decide to step down at once you're not going to have joe biden decide one day that he's like too old right you're not going to have the because i forget the stats but like the average Republican senator, I'm going to misquote this, so for sure look it up, but it's like 55 or some shit. Yeah. And, the, and the Democrats like 70. And it's like yeah. a whole 15 years on an average, like that's not something you can fix within two years, four years, no. like a couple election cycles. That's a vague trend. And so I'm saying like, I think it'll be more radical and that there'll be a tick. There'll be, there'll be a Republican president that actually fucks something up or a Democrat president that's radically too centrist or something like, you know what I'm saying? There's going to be mm-hmm. something that clicks it or a thing of merit. Like we see the, saw the tea party within the Republican party, or uh, we saw a small version of it with the justice Democrats and whatnot. But like, you're going to see these clicks where it's like a shit ton of people. And I think I'm, although it's a proponent, I'm a proponent for a lot of those things. I think there is such a danger in a lot of that stuff. So that's kind of where people like you're saying like, the the small things that don't seem like something like the Substacks, the Glenn Greenwalds, the Edward Snowden, like those things. That's where I do fall on like the very like uh, critical theory activist type people because I think like actually molding the way we think, molding the way we speak about these things, like molding with our dollar, mm-hmm. like Slavoj Zizek's, I prefer not to. Like yeah. all these things have compounding effects over time. So I 100% see the merit in it, but I think we have to be sure we're steering towards like, like I said, 
not towards the cliff. And if we're going down, like we think this capitalistic project isn't worth saving, like it just has to fall slowly for everyone's benefit. And if yeah. we, if you do want it to succeed, then you want it to go upward at a, like, you don't want, I don't think even the biggest crypto people want necessarily the dollar to drop, uh, fall tomorrow. Like it's no. too fucking much of a mess. Well, what's the point of having Bitcoin if the dollar fails and everyone is in, I mean, that, that to me would be revolution type of type of situation yeah, which exactly. at that point you want to get the fuck out you know go somewhere get away from people and uh <laughs> and yeah use those ready-made ready-made military meals or whatever exactly and we see but we see the same pressure like you call it surplus enjoyment you could call it like surplus value you can call it whatever you want but you see these build-ups within the system and mm -hmm. it's like a symptom of it is that rent sinking like i said but like so it's really calling out those things and that's why people like eric like generally that movement of like because he's doing critical theory like you know what i'm saying like yeah he he says like uh responsible conspiracy theorizing like that's just that's literally critical theory right. you know what I'm exactly saying? Like, totally and and you know it's um it's funny that people are we we're, we live in such a pro-conspiracy and anti-conspiracy it's like again it's this binary showing up where you have to either say i'm you know anti-conspiracy theory while believing everything and because you're anti-conspiracy theory you believe everything that cnn or msnbc or fox news says yeah or you're you know i'm i'm not someone that i probably lean more towards even though i'm i'm very much like like to think of myself as like a uh, somewhat like objective i mean at, th at this point and i think this last year year and a half has shown a lot of people that you can't really trust kind of anything you're getting these days and that doesn't doesn't mean you should just go to the other extreme option of saying of QAnon or whatever but you should be somewhat skeptical of everything and yeah i think it's i think what eric is doing is and and for the listeners too who don't know eric weinstein is who we're talking about and um fantastic fantastic thinker uh, really, honestly, like a, in in my eyes, one of the most important minds of right now, and but you could almost throw Joe Rogan in there too. Like totally, you it's don't just have people to be a who think people you don't have to be a genius yeah. necessarily. No, you don't, and that's and that's kind of the sad reality of right now. You just have to be willing to um, to sort of cut through all the noise in a way that that is a little bit and and like what Eric does and kind of this idea of what do you say responsible conspiracy conspiracy theorizing responsible yeah it's true i mean conspiracy theories do exist i mean there's nothing wrong i'm reading a book on area 51 right now and yeah there's a lot of conspiracy theories and all that all the i mean we were recovering russian migs throughout the 60s and 70s and we were flying them around and i mean all sorts of other crazy shit that we denied and denied for years and years um mm -hmm. And, and I think one thing is important because, um, and this is a point uh, that could operate on a lot of paradigms, but like uh, at a certain point, you have to ask what you're putting in place. Right. So like if you're destroying your objective reality and anything that the government says and completely having to spend your full day questioning everything, like what are you really getting out of that? Like it's almost like the people that like uh, see Christmas as like a completely 
Christian uh, or capitalistic. Like they like you can critique it from so many ways of like a mm -hmm. problem, but it's almost like what are you doing not if you're not on Christmas? Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're not celebrating Christmas, then you're just like it's a normal day, and now you just took away one reason to celebrate. So eating at a Chinese uh, restaurant. <laughs> oh yes, but to me, even that is like celebrating. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're still like even it's though you're sad. not, you're still doing it. So you're yeah. using it as an excuse to go out and celebrate. So that's my point. Even behind like the conspiracy theorizing, I think the point is that you shouldn't like you should realize that there's a certain amount of lies that just have to be told for like public good and mm -hmm. there's also a certain amount of stuff that you just like can't understand because the information is not there so like right you should you should engage critically and stuff but i think this is the most important thing is to realize like humble yourself and realize like yo i'm not that smart yeah 100 <laughs> percent, you're not well or and, and it's like we're governed by a, a lot of what we're uh um, I was listening to a podcast on deep work and cause I'm trying to just probably the same one that, probably. uh, yeah, Lex Friedman, <laughs> yep. um, just cause I'm trying to figure out, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to like narrow down my interests and make the most of them. And you don't realize how governed by other, in, other impulses you are until you sit down and you actually are like, Oh wow. I pick up my phone, you know, a hundred times every four hours. Like it's mind blowing. Um, yeah. That was something that uh, Deep Art, uh, I watched that podcast, but something that really got me into the habit of that was uh, Buddhism and meditation and everything. Yep, that got me like, absolutely, which is semi Sam Harris is doing because it, but like not, I, actually, I think Russell Brand was the first time I'd heard of it. Like mm -hmm. I read one of his books, but like hearing someone like Sam admit that like, okay, like factually, like whatever you're going to take out of it, like whatever object, like hallucination, like it just makes you more calm. Like it yeah. makes your brain not like tense up as much. So I was it's like, really, okay, it's really important. And I, I want to ask you, so, uh, I see, I see this like mindful, um, this kind of like movement towards like a atheistic mindfulness as being like really profound in a lot of ways, but still sort of lacking a lot of like, like, I guess, you know, like Nietzsche says, Nietzsche says, God is dead. He makes that, that, um, observation. Cause that's really what it was. It wasn't like a, he wasn't, people kind of always add, yeah. they ascribe a value to it. He was just saying, this is what, it, this is what it is. And this is what's going to happen. And also and the was, popular thing to add on after it is like, people are, people always say yes. And then he said, and his blood is on our hands or whatever. So that's the typical yeah. like response. Right. Also, like exaggerate, but, but it, the whole passage is important to read. Like yeah, to get the full context. Absolutely. And he was totally, he totally nailed it just in terms of what happened in the 20th century. And I think now we're kind of looking like, again, I don't know about you, but I was an atheist most of my life and I still am not like a religious person and I don't necessarily believe in God, but I have a much deeper respect for what, what it, what it is that religion provides us um, in a sense. And I'm wondering like what you think about where and again, we'll stick to the United States because it's just easy, but like where we're going now, like in terms of like a sort of religious, like we can't, I just don't see us being able to necessarily create a type of, I think we're going to gravitate towards dangerous religious ideas outside of religion. Yeah. But I also don't think that religion is that great. Like, where do you think, is there, is there like a humanist middle ground? Is there something that we can create? Yeah. Yeah, I have I have a lot of thoughts. I'm actually gonna okay. run to the restroom real quick. Do it up. I've been drinking too much water, but I have a lot of thoughts. I'll entertain I'll entertain the camera. I was just reading that uh, 
Dr. Seuss books are now going for $3,000 on <laughs> Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, um, that. yeah. So, uh, yeah, anyway, we were talking about. Yeah. So, yeah. um, to, so I think, I think strategy when approaching a lot of stuff is important, like the medium and the context of like, so I'm going to be super specific on me. Mm -hmm. Like you even justified it with, I don't know about you, how you grew up, but I grew up like, you see what I'm saying? You almost have to. So because it's so subjective, like um, I grew up like Christian Southern Baptist ish, but like very high in um, openness and everything. So like I was very acute to like existential problems almost, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, uh, understanding paradoxes within religion and understanding like multiple religions and stuff like that. So like I quit being, I started being super agnostic around like 13 or 14 and I also was into like heavy metal and shit. So it's yeah, like, same here. So, so that just like feeds that stuff. And totally. um, so, yeah, I came out um, and this even ties a little bit into politics just to touch on even to identify a little bit with what you said, I voted for Obama. That was the first time I was old enough to vote. And like, uh, like was very taken aback by Trump and that very much made me start to rethink a lot of my (laughs) previous thoughts almost. And then Mm -hmm. I like, obviously we have uh, an interest in Eric in common. Like I started just looking at a lot of stuff online, like trying to figure out, like just educate myself beyond because I feel like there's this gap in college and everything where a lot of people don't want to learn or think or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So I got out of that. I was like still pretty agnostic. Like there's nothing in college that like moved me on any of that. Um, Mm -hmm. So I started just kind of looking out for stuff and like, uh, to be completely honest, like the, I approached the meditation and everything from like a very much like a self-help thing. Like I said, I read Russell Brand and like, he's very into like Kundalini meditation because he has a very addictive personality. I have a very addictive personality too. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, I got into it for that reason. But then, like I said, I saw Sam and people like that start to tie it into like these broader trends, like you're saying. And like, uh, you start to read back and like look at history and you see like uh, Ram Dass and like all these people that are like instrumental in like this move from like this uh, Eastern spirituality into the West and stuff like that. And like this whole movement that's been going on for years and years and years is like a counteraction to the kind of the Christian roots and like the Southern Baptist roots, which there's so much interesting stuff to happen the, to comment on, on the split between like Christianity islam and judaism and how that like acute like accumulates within our current culture and like so mm-hmm. much of the things we just take for granted of like the people blame it on like uh certain american things but it's really that like so much of it's just the fact of like our religion and stuff like that like every absolutely other... it goes very it goes back very far exactly mm-hmm. and it's just compounding effects but um so i started to look at a little i started to take a little bit more of that stuff seriously and uh, like I said, I'm high in openness. So like naturally, uh, people like young and people like that make sense to me because I Same. understand so much of it as like a metaphor and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like, and so I was super into like meditation and, uh, and intermittent fasting just as like a, um, like not really as a spiritual thing, but more just as like a calming thing for having like a highly addictive personality and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like not drink, just do like any bad behavior. It's like a way of like super concentrating your mind on like focusing. Totally. So, um, but anyways, like last, it was, it was about last March or so. Uh, I had the weirdest experience of meditating and the closest thing I can identify it with after like, 
and like skipping just a lot of stuff like it it, it was the typical near-death experience where your full life flashes before your eyes and then you're like explained what you value or whatever mm -hmm. but like that happened while meditating and that kind of opened my eyes or not opened my uh capacity to understand some things that I may not, not not understand but my openness to the possibility of certain stuff so like I'm more in like a gray area now as far as like spirituality on a lot of that stuff so for instance the, how does a lot of that tangify and like the material like I think the you there's obviously this phenomenological hole within the spirit of you know what I'm saying like mm -hmm. Uh, there's this you know what i'm saying god is dead whatnot like the way people are trying to feel that is like they're trying to do it in like a capitalist form and that we try to take like the most smallest bit and shove it in and like solve our problems so you try to do like sam or like a quick help help book or like anything like that you try to give people enough so it's like enough of the foundation of something so that it helps or whatever and i get that diminishing returns and i think that is what we're going to see like the sweep across like the mindfulness like in the uh, the realization of self like mm -hmm. from like uh, psychoanalysis and everything like that's something people really haven't like people have wrote off a lot of psychology and psychoanalysis from like some of the mistakes but like people haven't really like internalized the fact that there is a self and all this stuff and like we're like you already know big uh, personality uh determining yeah. more of your political you are the self like that is the crazy thing and i i like going like it is i i have a very anxious somewhat neurotic personality too and an addictive personality as well and i noticed that when i get caught in my own i get caught in certain habits and i get caught in certain dopamine signals like that will just you know i'll, I'll find myself like looking in the mirror and going oh like why did you do that again you know you knew that that wasn't the th right thing to do and you still did it and yeah meditating for me has been like a completely life-changing thing like in a way that i you know, I've, ne I've never had an experience like you've had, and I want to dig more into that, but I've had many, many experiences where it's like, you understand, and this, I started meditating at the same time, I started getting into like stoic philosophy a lot. Yeah. And I started like this quote that really kind of stood out to me was this idea that like you, um, I think it was Kant who said you, he, it was something he wrote when he was like a college student and he wrote, every day you are on like the path you are on your way like you were on your way to becoming a dead man regardless or something like that you know it's like the way he said it was much more poetic but it was this idea that like yeah your mind is all you have and you'll still be feeling these things even when it's almost your time to go so the best way to deal with this is to get very used to feeling these things and figure out a way to come at them in a productive way or else yeah. you're just gonna you're gonna be that old person that flips you off for no reason you know or like in traffic like it, trying to acquire that wisdom is really important and i think that if people were to implement that or to think about that on a large scale it may it might not it might not fill the holes that like religion fills in like a social way like who knows what would happen then but like it would at least give people the tools to be able to deal with this new sort of reality that we're living in in a way that they could at least understand like okay when you're feeling this it's like okay take two minutes and just focus on your breath that kind of thing you know it's really it's that easy honestly yeah 
So, are you familiar with Daniel Schmachtenberger? I've probably listened to him a little bit, but I, I can't, I can't, I, the name sounds familiar. I can't tell you any of his ideas. Yeah. Um, so he had a recent talk with Bert Weinstein, which is super good, but I, I've been, he's molded so much of my thinking. Um, he, right. Okay. So I a hundred percent agree with everything you're saying. And I think that that's what I was even alluding to when I was talking about that sense of self, that, that initial stoicism of realizing that there's feel, there's almost like a thinking self and a feeling self, you know what I'm saying? And it's mm -hmm. like, these are almost just inputs for signals of something that like my brain thinks is going to be better, like long run. And that we all have complete control over like what I actually think of that or whatever. Like he breaks it down into like, there's almost like first, second and third level epistemics. And then he puts like stoicism I think like Aristotle and then Socrates and it's like different ways of like different levels of epistemically looking at the world obviously you can never look at them all at once and then he does like he describes it as like actually I'm not going to butcher it because I definitely don't want to get it wrong but like uh uh <laughs> like to me that's exactly like what you're saying and okay the stoicism I think is not to seem like uh, I'm know it all or that I'm drawing a strict parallel to all these things, but I think like psychedelics can give you a similar experience. I've never, I've never done psychedelics, but I think like breaking the sheer sense of self, mm -hmm. I think like also like therapy can get you really good at like realizing your uh, feelings or whatever. So like, I think like, like I said, stoicism and then those two, like, I think uh, also prayer and stuff like that makes you realize the things you're asking for. So I think there's like all these built in like meditative rituals within all these things. But I think the like, it, it's really like a, however you want to frame it, whatever paradigm you want to look in, like uh, uh, different chakras or like however you want to look at it, there's different levels of which like fulfillment of the human spirit almost. Mm -hmm. and it's like different, like, like I said, you can break it down into like, if you want to be completely like analytical and like philosophy, you can break it down into like levels of epistemics with stoicism, like Aristotle and Socrates, or you can like think of it as like chakras or you can think, but my point is totally. Is the the thing that is important i think is that people need to realize that first that there's a sense of self and I, like i said i think that like solves a lot of like our immediate problems as far as like well-being and i think that's like the new enlightenment or whatever of our time mm -hmm. of like that's going to be the level that we make but i think like where what education what like really living life experiences teaches you is a second and third level epistemics and i think those are the things that like those are the things that religion and certain like conversation, like only certain things, like we said, a good education, but what is a good education? Really it's right. dialogue over years of like molding a brain. It's not just telling someone a fact. Totally. So it's teaching someone to think. And mm -hmm. so my point is that I think those are a lot of things that are baked into like Buddhist religion, Christian religion, like all these things, Jewish religion, those are the untangibles that people get caught up saying like, okay, this might substitute for God, but really like it's such a complex problem. And so that's why like, me personally, I like, and this is what I think a lot of people will end up doing, but like I said, I don't want to seem like I know it all, but mm -hmm. I like, I like to try to dissect because I'm not going to buy into any one of these things wholeheartedly. You know what I'm saying? Just because mm -hmm. it feels too, like we're saying, like Pat, we're past grand narratives almost. It's hard to believe everything is quite literal or everything is like a hundred percent whatever so or is 100 percent captures reality so like i think people are going to end up picking and choosing a lot of these things but it's going to really make people be a lot more paradoxical and we're mm -hmm. going to have to be more aware that like a lot of this shit is just to make us feel better right
like I said about Christmas, like, yeah. what are you doing if, like, if you're not on Christmas and then you're doing some Chinese, like you're eating Chinese or something, but really you're just celebrating Christmas in, in another way, way. like yeah. gathering with community. So that's my point of like, totally. we're either going to have these ad hoc postmodern like friends givings and all this stuff that's going to accumulate in this culture that is like, uh, there's, you know what I'm saying? So mm. I think, I think there's huge mistakes that are going to happen with this next shift of alignment. Like we already see it with acid culture and like MDMA culture. Like there's this fetishization around it, like almost like Dionysian, like rave culture, you know right. what I'm saying? Of totally. like feeling like you broke the self, but really these people don't realize that that's just like one of the many steps towards like enlightenment or however totally. you want to like say it. Like, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I think too, um, going off what you said, it's like, religion will continue to change it's like we and it's going to change quicker and quicker it's like christianity didn't you know relatively it, you know it took it, it took christianity hundreds and hundreds if not a thousand years for its like first kind of major change or you know shift with like eastern roman empire and the holy roman empire and then it took another 500 then 400 and now it's like every other week the catholic church is reforming in some new way and and i think you know if played out over a long period of time we will be able to like there will still be churches but people i think are going to be willing to come to it more from like a this is the story that my culture buys into and this is why i think that it's um an important story and here are the moral reasons why because i mean religion is the more i actually once i actually read the bible and got really into the stories you know these are really powerful allegories for things that we that, that we need in our society. And I mean, I'm sure the Quran has them. I read Confucius and you know, the, it's the same, it's the, the Tao Te Ching. Yeah. yeah, the Tao Te Ching. They, I haven't read the Tao Te Ching, but I want to. Super good. Um, but you know, they kind of connect all together. It's, and that's, that's, it's really beautiful to me. It's like, uh, um, you know, it's like that kind of like, oh yeah, if all the prophets could just chill out together, it'd be a pretty cool party, you know? And I do think it would. And I think too, it's like people, um, and this, and this is where I, I think that the, the psychedelic thing kind of plays into this too, where for people to actually feel what religion gave them, maybe like four or 500 years ago, psychedelics can sort of help to like hurry up that process. But, you know, just taking them like flippantly and treating it like every time you, like it, it has to start, it, it has to start first with your mindset going into it and like who you what you're doing already to keep your brain activated and grounded in who you are like even like you haven't done psychedelics but just based on what you're telling me in our conversation so far you would probably get a lot out of psychedelics given a specific like with people that you love or with like in an environment that you love like i i've only done mushrooms and you know, the only times I really do mushrooms are like when like my friends and I will all go camping together or something like that, you know, and it's just like, it's cool because all it really is, is this, I don't feel like, whoa, you know, you're seeing like some reality, like you're seeing some crazy reality, like you, no one will understand you now, anything like that. But it's more like just this, I see my friends throughout their entire lives, like as kids and who they are now. And like, it's just like a kind of overwhelming sense that like, they are just flawed people like you are and it's kind of like a comforting feeling yeah um 
uh, something I wanted to throw in, I, mm. I, and I wish I could remember who said it, but um, to, and it goes exactly yeah. what you're saying, but it's a meta, uh, just a metaphor of it. Like psychedelics, if meditating and everything is like climbing a mountain, psychedelics is like taking a helicopter and dropping you off at a certain point. Yeah. And, and so like it is, and very much once you get there, it is like, how well do you climb? Right. you know what i'm saying and, and are you gonna fall down it's like you're saying like what's your mindset when you get there a lot of people can like even like get there and then just hang on a lot of people get there and then fall down and a lot of right. people get there and then can take it running it can be really harmful for people too you know it depends on your person and i think it depends it totally depends on your personality type like there are people who have had their minds rewired in a way that rhythm is close to schizophrenia real yeah. quick by taking too much so yeah. I don't, you know, again, when anything becomes too popular, it, there's always like a little alarm bell kind of goes off in my head. Yeah. Um, I draw the same parallel as I do to the saying there's objective reality mm -hmm. is my problem with psychedelics is it gives people a false sense that that's like the transcendence. The transcendent. Think, yeah. yeah. And I don't think, I, I think that's semi harmful, but I also don't think like getting people to that level isn't necessarily a problem. And even to what you said, like, I'm, I'm actually planning on doing uh, mushrooms or acid or something at some point. Mm -hmm. I, I, for some reason, I wanted to wait, like I made it past college. And then in my mind, I just always thought, oh, I'll wait till my brain quits growing. Yeah. And, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll wait until I'm like past 27 or whatever it is. So like, uh, I'm past that now. So I'm like, I'm going to do it at some point. Um, one thing that I was super into recently is um that you may be familiar with is uh active imagination like carl Jung's concept mm -mm, i've never heard of it so like i mean we use the term active imagination super like loosely or whatever but it's pretty much the concept that like whatever it's it's almost like a form of meditation but um i mean it is and he he was super into like eastern religion yoga and meditation and everything but like um pretty much you there's these brain there's these thoughts that pop into your head and pretty much you just take one of those and it helps if you're a visual person, but whatever you take that thought and then you just run with it like a mad lib. Whoa. Cool. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. getting lost. It's like what we call daydreaming and everything like getting lost in your thoughts, but like, it's really actively doing That's like the active imagination part. So for instance, like, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually writing a book just with this like concept, but it's like using specific things. And this is Carl Jung did this like with his red book and everything. Right. Yeah. I was going to talk, I was going to ask you about the red book. Cause I, I just, I've read man and his symbols. Um, and it, most of it was written by Jung. Some of it was written by people he was like associated with. And that's really been my first introduction to Jung. I kind of like a lot of people thought of him as like sort of pseudoscientific until I started digging into it and then realized like just kind of first of all the dude is like Nietzsche level smart like it's just insane how smart he is and then yeah, yeah. I just a couple of weeks ago was looking at the red book and it like piqued my interest and so from so from what I understand and, and feel free to elaborate on this because you probably know more but Nietzsche or uh, sorry Jung kind of went through a period in his life which was like a sustained dreamlike hallucination while he was still working and seeing his patients but it was just like a uh was it this technique of active imagination that he was using to kind of yeah crazy so, yeah so um i'm super inspired by young like the my first book is uh has neighbor whatever the latin is for red book or whatever on the front mm -hmm. and like the the con okay so to to the point of young's red book like he made he like you said he was implementing this 
tactic of active imagination and then you could call it like so for instance i think he i don't think he necessarily had any sort of like mental condition per se i think he was like nietzsche and that if you're that smart and you have that much horsepower you can almost get tangled up in your mind and he's also extremely open exactly yeah and so the point is that sometimes he felt like he could be going in circles with himself but he would be doing it on purpose and that a lot of the material that people judge him off of and stuff is stuff that like uh was adopted after he was dead and stuff mm-hmm. and like the nazism and whatnot like supposed obviously right. not, obviously not like yeah he wrote extensively about like warning people against blah, blah, blah. like he's right i don't know if you're familiar but like he claims to have had a vision of like seeing world war ii in the future and like warns everyone against like whoa <laughs> yeah. and it like played out like it yeah. really happened like who knows totally. the validity or whatever but like oh that's um, legit so so the point is is that so he had these series of black books right and that's yeah so and so he would write down these like uh stories right of these like experiences he would have but and he would also like these active imagination experiences or excursions or like almost stories he's building in his head but then he would also kind of like um he would trim them down and like almost like make commentary about them so he would be analyzing them as he's going through this book so it's almost like he's having a therapy session with himself through this Mm -hmm. black book and then he distills down seven black books to one red book right and so it's like the key it's the key amount of stories that are like and it's the the him like recognizing these things too right like you know i'm saying it's like him so it's like the stories and him commenting on like a third person crazy it's like a dialogue between his two the kind of uh like the emotional and crazy oh that's crazy exactly and even more so he paints these super detailed draw or paintings over years and like they're huge in the book and so they take up like full things and like all the lettering is done in like old manuscripts so he does it like it's old-fashioned like and so he hand draws all the letters and everything and so he's capturing like van very van gogh like like what he feels and what reality is in one but he's doing it across uh, uh like he's doing it across like text and visualization and oh, wow and analyzing them both you know what i'm saying yeah, so yeah. that super inspired me because i've always been inspired by like writing and visualization yeah and also just the like metacognitive layer of like philosophy behind my work and thinking totally and so to me that's like i'm doing it in reverse and i'm doing like uh yeah like Which, making black books and red books but like yeah yeah. Would you say that you're more you, you're more visual or more um oh god uh word I'm not sure. Uh, th- I'm not sure what that word is, but I'm way more yeah. visual because you're way more visual, yeah. yeah I, I'm like I'm dyslexic to a degree. Like I clump stuff up like clump my eyes clump words up a lot, but mm. it clumps up objects a lot too. And so like it's super helpful in drawing. I was reading about um remembering and memory. And, I, and maybe it's just because I, I smoke too much weed, but uh, my I always feel like my memory, every time I have a lapse of memory, I'm like, oh, it's because you smoke too much weed. Same. So yeah, I'm trying, to fi- I'm trying to figure out how to remember things better. And this idea, are you familiar with the idea of a memory palace? No. So what you do is when you're trying to remember something, so, and, and this, is, this is a book, I... I listened to a podcast and read some of the articles this guy who wrote the book I still need to read the whole entire book but he was talking about he has he was a New York Times reporter like Boston Globe reporter or something 
he had a terrible memory and he went to cover the world memory championships where like all these 16 and 17 year olds memorize pi to like the 4,000 digit or some crazy shit like that. Yeah. And in the process of covering it, he decided that he was going to work with one of these kids and learn how to make his memory better. And he got addicted to it. And then he ended up winning the competition like a a year later. Um, (laughs) And it's nuts, a crazy story. And he was talking about how his, the technique and the technique is you create. So let's say for example, you need to remember like 15 sequences of letters. Um, The easiest way to do that would be to find a place that you can go to in your mind that is familiar with you and has like a familiar set of objects. So like you would picture your like for me it'd be like okay picturing like the kitchen in my house that i grew up with like i know the color of the tiles i know where the knives are i know all this and then as you walk through it you associate those mental objects with the letters or numbers you're trying to remember and you're able to walk through your entire house essentially remembering all this crazy stuff and it was really mind-blowing and i think that um to me, to me, just like what I took out from that was that we have kind of evolved this natural visual sense. Well, we, we've evolved from this natural visual sense that we're able to sort of conceive of. It's almost like, like, again, I'm very visual too. And when I like read a book or when I listen to music or when I draw something, like I'm always trying to, I always have like this almost like this form, like a platonic sort of form or ideal in my head of like what it's supposed to be, but it's just like that process of trying to like actualize it. And I think it kind of plays into this idea of a memory palace too, where it's like you are willing, you're you're able to go back and dig through something that's so, has such a like multi-varied feeling to you that you can actually plant objects back into it and remember them. It's just crazy to me. Yeah, so I'm super obsessed with, I love the concept and I'm super obsessed with the mechanism that makes that happen mm-hmm. and expect uh um example i always use is contrapoints are you familiar with her mm-hmm. yeah so I, i've listened i've watched like two of her videos so i'm familiar but i'm not super versed. yeah so the point is is that she like uses characters right mm-hmm. and she calls it trying on ideas with a different character like so it's not necessarily her speaking and to me that's almost what i can like setting up different memory palaces or different like because there's almost different logic when you start to think of things and remember things and like Mm -hmm. process things in different ways. And so like, for instance, one thing that molded the way I thought for a long time was coding, right? Like, like the basic structure and the, like the, you know what I'm saying? Like the logic that was in coding felt like it was like the memory palace and that I remembered things in the way I would like, if I almost wanted to remember something or put something in my brain, I would almost transpose it to that. And then I would remember it in that form. And like, if I'm painting a lot, I think of it like objects, like geometry Mm -hmm. almost and like different angles of something. Like I very much visualize it. So it's super interesting that that person is like making it like, uh, they're doing the proactive thing and then they're making it prescriptive and they're giving a way for people to develop that because I think there's almost like some, like I said, the mechanism that's there, I 100% see it, but I love the way that person described it, like put it in actual like a yeah. pro statement that you can it's like, just such oh, an I ancient, can do this. It felt like such an ancient way of, of like using your brain, which is what I think is so cool. I think that there's like, I mean, there's a total sort of, uh, um, like in my, in my small town, I live in like a small town in California which is near Lake Tahoe. So we get a lot of tourists, a lot of like Burning Man types. 
And I, I mean, I dig all that type of shit too, but like literally it just, the town like fills up with it. So everything is sacred geometry. Everything is this sort of new hippie, you know, which is like cool, but it's also a little annoying sometimes too. Yeah. And uh, you know, so like in that community, um, like it's kind of fetishized a little bit, this idea of like, oh, you know, it's like you're in, like, they're like, we need to be more instinctual and like fluid. And there's, there's a ton of really good stuff in that idea, I think, you know, lose yourself in your bliss type uh, yeah exactly you lose yourself in your bliss but then you know show up late to work when we we need you um because <laughs> you're nope. too in your bliss um but i guess what i was going to say is how much do you think how much do you kind of like look at like the role of like do you do you think we're more adapted to our, like what our natural instincts are in some way currently or are we farther away from what we would consider to be because uh, it feels like in some ways we're very connected in negative ways to instincts we have to like look at our phones or you know do things socially and in other ways like you said you know maybe talking about meditation it feels like we're divorced from like these old ways of kind of thinking and acting in the world yeah so this is to tuck it head on my marketing brain and like my salesmanship and everything tells me to reframe the com- reframe the question because it's impossible to answer. Okay, please do. So, no, no, no. So, I think, but because I'm tr- but I'm trying not to dodge it. You know what I'm saying? So no, I'm like totally. trying to fight that. So yeah, it was a little vaguely worded. No, no, no. But it, it's because like <laughs> you can. There's never like uh, we want to do things like. Um, It's impossible to tell so much of the subjective experience that ha- like it's impossible to not understand enlightenment values because you don't like pre enlightenment values because you don't understand like what things are they connect like so when people say like embrace your feeling like all these different things about connecting with like reality and all are like connecting with nature connect like all these like different s- angles that you can look at this like new like you said, just burning man crap, like it's impossible to say we're anywhere closer or farther from anything than we were before, because we just know like almost, we know the problem that we were set with, like very, in very much a Hegelian sense. Like we know the part of history that got us to this point. And all I can say is like reactionary. I don't think we're necessarily like, I think burning man is, and and I'm using that as like uh, almost way to describe kitsch, spirituality or kitsch return to nature or like you know what i'm saying like almost like a yeah return to nature that's that's a good way of looking at it yeah like i i look at a lot of this or even because i think there's value to be found and i think his name's like alan watts or i don't mm-hmm. know a lot of these people that like i think there's a lot of value to be found there but like i don't know how much like like i think that has to be taken with a full philosophical underpinning like of like plato to hegel you know what i'm saying like you yeah. have to like you have to be able to take that with a certain so it's impossible for me to say we're closer or farther for something because i don't know honestly don't know what the fuck those people think you know what i'm saying totally. like a majority of people like i don't know what right. ground they're building on to like 
make these assumptions like a lot of people you talk to them it's like we're saying dialogue and like you realize that you agree on a lot more stuff and people just have built like different uh languages to communicate their feeling that we both feeling so it's impossible for me to say like, this is like where we're at on the progress mm -hmm. i just think if we if we did ever have i'm a very foucault but like if there ever was a society that like had this level of breaking the self whether it be through like christian dictatorship whether it be through like original egyptian like religions whether it be through like you know what i'm saying like however we're breaking it down like if there ever was a idea where people almost were able to conceive of themselves as metaphorically like bees mm -hmm. and being like you know what i'm saying like serving this queen or this ideal good or whatever it is and we're able to break the sense of self and all those things purely like they were so far behind on so much of these other like second and third level epistemics and stuff like that yeah. that like it's it, it's so hard to construct whether they're better or closer or all these things i just right. know like that is a the first level epistemics the stoicism the like meditation the base level meditation like all this stuff is i think something that gets us like closer to that closer. and i think that is like just a very like a point a to point b so like totally. i think yeah yeah, I yeah, I think that having heard your response too, I guess I would kind of tailor my question to be more like there are so many different ways of dealing with the current reality that we're living in and all of them have some sort of it's it's like everyone's running a different experiment in some way at and this is really like the postmodern condition. I mean to like even going back 20 or 30 years ago, there was still a much more sort of established, like at least in the West. And I guess that's who, that's where I kind of speak from. Cause I don't really, I can't speak for any culture that I really have no idea or understand anything about. But like in the West 20 or 30 years ago, again, the, the binary reality of like living in a time when you've got the Soviet Union as the, like the opposite force and in their society, we are the opposite force once you kind of have that go away like in the 90s growing up as a kid in the 90s there was this idea like even as like an eight and nine year old that um like first of all there is still kind of a national identity between most people i mean of course there were like bohemians and weird and kind of weirdos which there always and necessarily needs to be like that's important um but there was like this sense that we were like closer to like peace and then i remember as a kid like 9 11 happened the, uh, but this is also something that I, I and I like the trajectory you're going, but I also yeah. want to throw in that we also because I'm relatively the same age, we also have a brain fart around all the like Oklahoma City bombings and stuff. Totally, and there was reactions to stuff like the TPP and stuff like that. It's just we kind of do mind laugh it, but I 100% agree that like relatively speaking, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? There was a national yeah, identity. like like now it's like there are. I mean, and there always have been, like, America's never been a place where, like, everyone's been unified in some sense, but there is at least, I feel like there is at least more of, like, a cultural identity that we had, and as we're kind of entering, like, I think the internet is, the internet is something we've never really even touched on in this conversation yet, but that's kind of propelled all of these different, um, I mean, it's like one node that allows there to be infinite amounts of other ideas and opinions to be spread rapidly and in, in some ways it's an amazing thing in other ways it's i think a destructive thing i mean just like the, the inherent problems of being human to begin with but it does feel like we're just kind of like going to like i look at again at the burning man people it's like these people are trying to figure out their the best reality for themselves and 
their community and the way they do that is sort of by turning towards this type like there's a whole associate there's a whole element associated with like okay well there's a type of art that comes with it there's a type of music there's a type of family element to it and it's like from an outside perspective and being a bartender and serving them it's easy for me to judge them but it's also i'm somewhat jealous of it too because i think that they're really onto something in some kind of weird way and i would say the same thing is sort of true about like like far right trumper people it's like everyone's seeking a type of everyone's seeking a community to develop these develop their own version of this new reality and yeah uh, and, and i think i think there's a lot of good threads there and i'll try to string together something that like uh brings a little structure to like even because we've kind of danced around a couple things like the postmodernism, mm-hmm. post postmodernism, like the to to bookcase just the idea like i think the whole the reason for saying post postmodernism just off the bat is that it's important not to look at postmodern ideas and say wrong right and it's an expansion so that's why the whole linguistic structure of postmodernism is so important because we all know like modernism being science like uh, it's very nuanced but you can look up just modernism is basic enlightenment ideas and everything like that so like if like once and you just you set up the scene very well is it is that kind of like this slow erosion like there's not like even when uh, i forget his name leopold or whatever french like whenever he wrote the post post or the postmodern condition uh like it, it was something that was like slowly evolving and not something that hit as fast and you touched on exactly the 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 crux it's it's the exponential thinking is what like everyone said like elon musk like everyone says is the number one like breakdown in our thinking now is that we don't understand like we don't understand the fundamental things that happen with the printing press right like we don't understand how you could go from like having one piece of paper and having to write it all to being able to write as many pieces of papers as you want and that that pretty much invented fascism you know what i'm saying that invented communism like that invented all these things like marshall mcclellan marshall mcclellan describes this perfectly of like the printing press uh created the atomic bomb you know what i'm saying like it 100 lay like how are you going to communicate in between the people to like you know what i'm saying you're writing on paper you're like tapping all this shit up like all this yeah. stuff is happening like that had to get there so like we don't understand the internet and that's the thing that like you have this slow postmodern grind and that's what i was saying like it's important to not get like dismiss like the 80s and like the like like i said oklahoma city buying like the 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 general distaste that was brewing in the 90s because mm-hmm. although that is seems like slow paced and like not that like explosive now and like exciting it was something that was spinning out a long period of time and time moved different then you know what i'm saying like, that was big mm-hmm. fucking deal and, and i was we were i was a kid too it's hard to actually remember i remember what my parents were saying exactly and the point but it's to what you said 9-11 right like you immediately just jumped to that because that's the thing so it's not even that like we're looking at with rosy colored glasses too much on purpose so the but the point is with 9-11 it just coincides with so much to do with the internet right and that's the other thing you touched on so that's the thing that i think is like and i think i said this in my book like if the printing press made everything like put every idea on paper this is gonna like allow us to quantify everything else like you could put any other idea anywhere else like you could put you can say anything on a piece of paper the only difference is you can capture anything in like digital like you can capture visual audio like you can literally do anything else 
that's outside of that paradigm. Like yeah. any other point of reality that you think like smell, you can code smell easy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like all these things that we think like, oh no, what? Like ultraviolet light, easy. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Neuralink is just makes these things so that we don't understand the actual like, it's not as much the internet, it's just linking together a shit ton of nodes, like you said, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's more the thing that we're like, can, uh, uh, Slavoj points this out great, like super in detail in uh, his book, Hegel and the Wired Brain. Mm -hmm. And you can probably use your imagination of like Hegelian synthesis being a, th a thesis, antithesis, and then the synthesis of that, which is pretty much the idea of like how computers think. like. Mm -hmm loosely and then we are the wired brain now we are wired into all these things so we are creating this like you know what i'm saying this this accumulated thing of knowledge that is like we don't even like it allows us to tangify a lot of the before when you would say things like uh environmental change right like it's impossible to put a, a label on it unless you can see it or a way to tangify it like the internet is a way to start to tangify like you couldn't imagine all the books in the world you couldn't even realize how not smart you like you there's so much things you couldn't realize and right. this is getting to the postmodern condition of like it just like it accelerated all this shit so much like as soon as 9-11 happened you could go on the internet and find anything yeah whatever you wanted to believe you could find you could it find it that's when I think conspiracy theories really like went up the next level. And so Absolutely. that- Everyone that, I think believes some sort of, everyone has two or three opinions that would qualify as a conspiracy theory towards another side. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that gets to all the post-truth, post like post-institutions, like no yeah. one believes in any of like, everyone says college is failing. Everyone says like the banking system is failing. Like all these things, it's like, really it's just down, it's downstream. Like we were talking about Bitcoin earlier, like all this stuff, like it's all just downstream of that. And really what we're having to do is like put forth a new version of reality that is like, we're, we're faced with doing like the same thing that happened with the enlightenment to like almost bookcase the, the book for lack of a better, or for accidental pun or whatever. Like we have to come up with some way that like almost says the infrastructure like Kant did for like almost all of our modern philosophy. Like we almost have to lay out now, like what, like, like get it, drilling down. And that's why I like, uh, I think Nietzsche is so important. Like drilling down to that, like, the question that we initially had that we couldn't get around that we thought we could like innovate our way out of we have to do something now that like sets down the landscape for everything else so so much right. of these things behind like mindfulness or even like objective truth and postmodernism, like all this is just rosy colored ways of like conceptual abstract ways of saying like yo what happens when we start to be able to edit minds and make people more intelligent like what do we think about right. that like objectively morale morally is it okay to live forever like, is it like, you know what I'm saying? It starts to break yeah. down into these things where we have to make decisions now, like global right. warming. Like you have to make a decision. Like, is it better to have two species, like a species somewhere and a species somewhere else? So we maximize right. outcomes or like all these different things that we have to like, they're hard questions that are impossible to answer, but they have to be answered now. Absolutely. And that's, and that's kind of been one of my frustrations with um, just the way that we're, the way that the internet has propelled, uh, and, and I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound like um, arrogant or anything when I say this, but like I do spend, like I'm interested in these topics. So therefore I'm going to spend more time being interested in them. I don't expect 90% of people to really, who have jobs and they have families they come home to. I expect them to use the internet like most people do, which is they have their feed, they have the things that they believe and they get them and then that's whatever, right? 
Yep. Um, but I do, th yeah, I agree with you that we are, we are kind of heading into an iceberg and the people, and, and you know, for myself, looking at the way that people are communicating and the way that politics has sort of become, you know, like I've got opinions all over the map. I don't qualify. I don't, you know, I don't, I became an independent this year, actually, like, for, and I felt it was like this, oh, it was like this wonderful feeling. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, and that's something to be said, like that's such an intangible, not to get, not to sidetrack, yeah. but that is something to be said. Just think about like that relief. That is the surplus enjoyment behind like not having to choose, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's that like, yeah, that voice in the back of your head that says like, why did you feel like, you know what I'm saying? That was telling you that you had to be one of those or that you it's had great. to. It's like, great. Just the name and just the fact that I'm like a registered independent. It's like, I didn't realize just what that label, like, you know, I, I understand what labels do and like, yes, I'm putting this on myself, but like, I'm pretty proud to like, just as I was at 18 to be a Democrat and to go to Occupy protests and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that was a big part of me then, but you know, now this, this, uh, Kind of, kind of what I was saying is that because most people don't, most, most people just live in the moment that they're in, which is totally normal and the way that it always has been throughout human history. And, you know, this kind of goes back to and touches on uh, existential philosophy a little bit, this idea that like you are a unit of one, like you are in control of who you are as an individual in the world. Um, it's impossible almost in a way to be that person in a world with unlimited options. Like where do you go? It's a buffet of unlimited options and you're guided by things in your brain that sort of choose you, tell you to go eat 30 jello cubes for dinner instead of, you know, have the, the crab legs or whatever the hell. Um, yeah. But it, it's, I think this is where it's important to be able to juggle multiple. So there's, mm -hmm. I want to agree with what you're saying of like, there's certain people that it almost feels like you can only judge one version, uh, juggle one version of reality in your head, right? Yeah. Like, it's almost like you need just, just narrow it down. You know what I'm saying? I don't even, uh, my mom's like that in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. I don't care. I really yeah. don't care about it. My mom life. doesn't, she's the exact same way. She doesn't want to hear, you know, we'll like go on a walk and I'll be like, yeah, so did you hear about the new terrible blah, blah? She's like, stop, just give me the good news. Exactly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so my point is there is a lot of people that just want like, God, I got sidetracked just thinking about like a conversation I had recently, but yeah, uh, uh, go ahead, go ahead, sorry. My oh, mind. I was just, um, but, but yeah, just kind of like, you know, again, trying to find my old point here, but uh, going off of what you said, it, it's, tr you know, we're all trying to, oh, oh, sorry, to, sorry, yeah, sorry, go sorry, ahead, please, please, uh, please. Um, but it, it's like, um, they say like multitasking, most people can only hold like two things in their head. A lot of people can only hold somehow one in their head and it's, we're also lazy and that we want it to be comfortable, but I think like, like I said earlier, the first, second, and third level epistemics, like being able to understand, like you're saying, at, at being a self, there's only like the options are like almost unbelievable and like almost the social forces and like the, if you're really trying to counteract all the things that like, if you go through like, for instance, if you were to go to just full stoicism, like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's such like a mental like prison that that puts you in that to even do that purely is so difficult that most people right. can't do that, but much less to look at it within multiple paradigms to say like, there is these objective things, but this is also how it affects here. And then also to understand like systematic pressures or like things like that. So I think that's where like very much the whole idea of post-postmodernism comes into the thing of like, comes into the fold of like, 
it's important to always be looking and realize that like there are these narratives in the past and that we can almost construct these together to form yeah. like one that's a little bit closer but it's also important to realize that we're never going to get there so it's like what you're saying of like I, for instance like there's people that it's just better for them even if they like vote in a certain way or like vote there's certain there's certain what should i say like hazard of just functioning as a person like these people have to fulfill their first level epistemic like thoughts first like what is my family need what is this so it's like almost up to the people that can juggle and like think of things in the multiple paradigms of like how this affects things to like mm -hmm. um to actually have a difference this is why eric says always talks about like actually putting people in power that like understand what they're doing but more important than that is like give the convincing the masses that those people have a good idea or a good grasp on reality. So I know I've been fumbling a lot with like the words, no. but like Teddy Roosevelt, for instance, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. like everyone, you understood that that person understood reality and such like such a multiple versions of epis, like epistemic knowledge. Like there's so many things like global narratives that were going on that he had to juggle. You know what I'm saying? Like you were saying right. like left, right, like all this shit that he had to juggle, but like totally. having a clear like definition of reality makes also a lot of people just say like, okay, I'm trusting that guy. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I think there's a lot to be said about that of like people that a lot of people, it's not like, and this is what I think is super important is not to judge people based off like almost their level that they're understanding epistemology epistemologically the world because Absolutely. a lot of people it's just like they can only judge one version of reality like i'm friends with a lot of trump supporters you know what i'm saying yeah, and me too to me a lot of their like thinking is right and that they under they're breaking things down in almost like critical theory and that they're understanding all these systematic pressures and mm -hmm. they're pointing out things like discrepancy and like news and stuff like that you know what i'm saying like all yeah. these things it's like yes you are pointing out real things you know what i'm saying your opinion is valid you know what i'm saying totally. but like but it's also it's impossible for anyone to come together if there's not this somehow guiding force that's why i it's a long story but like aesthetics i believe is the first philosophy and then like we're really seeing that like attention is what drives anything like mm -hmm. it's the view of something it's the performance it's the it's why advertising runs everything because it's our right. attention that's worse than anything it's like yep. i just think it's like once again satisfying that boredom and so like in, until there's someone that can actually like because we know like it's just practically like Tesla, Elon Musk, uh, not, I was meaning like uh, the original Tesla, but like mm. Tesla, Elon Musk, like these people rise to the top. It's not that we necessarily have to like be on the lookout for them. Like they just rise to the top. They're super fucking smart, but it's almost the, like building an infrastructure where we can trust people. Like, can you trust the New York times when they say something about Elon Musk? Can you trust like, you know what I'm saying? And like, how right. does that affect things? And that, I think that's where it's like, like I said, I think that's where like, the very like critical theory aspect of it of having a lot of activists all coming together and mm -hmm. like i know even these people wouldn't agree with like this terminology but like matt taibbi and Greg greenwald i think like being like literally a social activist with your dollar towards those like creators barry weiss like investing in these people with your dollar and restraping the infrastructure restraping the language like mm -hmm. don't talk about like independent news talk about right. like talk about your favorite journalist right you know right. what i'm saying that, that completely that completely rechanges the whole paradigm because then Absolutely. you're saying like, you're also pointing out to that person that they don't actually pay attention to the journalists they're paying attention to they're just going to the same publication like absolutely so, yeah yeah um yeah you made a lot of really good points there um yeah, I was just, I was thinking as you were talking too about this, this kind of like, 
uh, you referred back to stoicism and, and I was, uh, I was just thinking about how like, we are essentially at the same point now that we were at, at the beginning of the 20th century with capitalism. Like we were, it was obvious that capitalism as this new dominant force, um, you know, capitalism and imperialism and various other like kind of pseudo monarchies were still the kind of geo geopolitical norm colonialism and, to yeah colonialism degree. yeah definitely i mean especially like in africa and parts of east asia so you know coming out of that we were desperate for to try something new um you know and then of course we have the 20th century we've got world war one world war two and now we really are at this another we are at this next point just that much quicker um i love that because and i think that's a parallel that a lot of people are drawing like, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? We are almost, like, due up again of, like, not, I know a lot of people also hate this comparison, like, obviously, to the turn of the last century, but, like, there are only so many paths, and like I said, there's, like, last time it jumped to every extreme, and I think this time is going to require a nuance, or it's going to bust in some degree, and I think Slavoj points this out great when he says that, like, the ultimate irony is that, uh, modern or contemporary China and Vietnam are the best managers of uh, capitalism, right? Yeah. Like they are doing way better under capitalism and have like flourished way more and are actually doing running it better right now because they have a centralized top and right. like just let markets run everything underneath. And then ours is the one that's super gunked up and we have all these like regulative, like almost like communist like it's It's almost like every like, yeah, cause I, I saw that point you made in the notes and I wanted to dive into that a little bit. Um, and, and it was, what I was thinking about that and going, yeah, I guess that if you look at it, like China is more or less kind of like a national corporation run by the CCP. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> I, th I think in the United States and America, what we, ha you know, the shift, the shift between Democrat and Republican, a lot of, especially nowadays, but maybe since, maybe since like Newt Gingrich and then in the mid nineties too, but a lot of our politicking is like reactionary to the other side. So business is always adapting and changing and conforming to whoever is pulling the new political strings. Um, you know, it's like, and I've had this conversation with my friends. It's like, oh, well, would you rather, you know, like the, the would you rather game of like, would you rather have like five, five like of like genius level scientists run the world or uh, like, you know, a hundred heads of state from every country, like in a room together, you know, it's like a stupid game, but at the same time, it kind of highlights the, like how much you distrust the fact, distrust our institutions. Like on one level, I'm really reticent to just be like, yeah, we should do what China's doing, but clearly what China's doing works to some degree. I mean, obviously maybe, you know, there's lots of other factors. The fact that like they only really have Chinese people there might help. <laughs> yeah. Like if they had if they had like a massive multicultural society, I think it'd be different. Well, but... you already see Hong Kong like oh yeah multicultural and everything, and it's obviously a huge problem. So do you think that China um, and maybe we could? I like to try and keep them around two hours long, so maybe we could end yeah. on this point. But like, do you think China? Like, what do you think the philosophy? Like going into the next thirty years, do you think that the like the philosophy of China and Vietnam is like just kind of rethinking capitalism. Um, go, go ahead, because I can tell you, yeah. Yeah, uh, so really not to plug my book, but like this is what I spend yeah. the first chapter of my book doing is that I pretty much like 
breakdown attention arbitrage in that and then i get to the current problem and that's why i'm so familiar with the quote is i use that quote like uh and like you get to the point where it's either so clogged up that you're actually surveying like to almost too much the people you uh, metaphorically like you almost end up like twitter where you're uh you're you care so much about everyone or even the government right now like it's so tangled in like this gridlock that you don't get anything done or mm -hmm. um or you, like you're saying, you end up, so you end up having like all these heads of state, but really I think the important part that I'm trying to add on that heads of state part is that nothing really gets done and there's such an inherent lag that you're fucking so much stuff up. Like the, I mean, the environment, like we see, like uh, de, de, China would have a lot easier time actually dealing with the climate crisis than we would. Well, you know like what I'm saying? Coronavirus. Yeah. yeah, like it's just, <laughs> they have, because they have central authority, it makes it so much easier. So I, Yes, it's exactly to your point of like, do you want 100 heads of state which actually aren't getting as much done or do you want like an oligarchy that's actually just like one person doing it? And I think that's where the American experiment is super interesting and I'm not ready to give it up or the yeah. Western, like, so for instance, I think the thing that we have is a meritocracy on rugged individualism. But yeah, like, definitely. so like for instance, the thing that I make is I really think that the downfall to people like Twitter and things like Twitter is people like Jay-Z. And like, not in like an ironic way, but like he, it, like it's not, a, he doesn't vertically integrate or horizontally integrate, right? Like he's not buying up the whole record industry or buying up the whole, like he's buying things that craft an aesthetic that is like what it means to be African-American in the United States, right? Like, so when you look at the movies he's making, it's about like, you know what I'm saying? The K, I always mess up the name, but the K Ladder Browder story or whatever, like he was okay. in prison and like, New York in prison in New York and like end up dying in prison because they end up pretty much just forgot about him. It's like selling a kind of cultural ideal. Exactly. And yeah. the point is, is that because our marketplace is like it is, it's why I have so much faith in Bitcoin and the dollar collapsing, but the United States is still doing well, is that mm -hmm. our marketplace and the fact that we are able a lot of like, almost like CCP corporate, like they're almost like, we're so self-centered that we allow people to almost be their own like, you know what I'm saying? Empire. Yeah, like you look at Kanye totally. West, you look at Jay-Z. And so my point is that I do think we're going to, it's going to be more democratic, but I think it's going to be more technocratic. You're yeah. going to get like a lot more accumulation of wealth, but almost like the Jack Dorsey is going, people hate Jack Dorsey. People hate, <laughs> and a lot of people even hate Jay-Z and a lot of people hate, uh, and Tim, uh, Tim Cook. And these are all people that I mentioned and I even mentioned Steve Jobs, hmm. but it literally doesn't matter because the point is that America produces like a lot of those and the hmm. CCP is one person. Person. so right. just based off like if you're a betting man if you're if you know stocks if you know how to manage like risk risk management like you know that that person that has everything in one thing like china vietnam like when they fuck up they fuck up and it yeah. affects the whole thing and they don't have and and you know if you go ask out on the street who's a name name them the richest man in china i mean no one's going to know the name of jack ma like I, that's the only literally the only chinese like like famous kind of multinationally known Chinese person that I know because mm -hmm. it's like they're not really exporting culture they're not really exporting anything besides this well I mean they are exporting a lot in terms of like that like material goods but yeah. um, in terms of like everything else it's like the United States does we do have that kind of unique position of being able to create someone being able to create something out of 
nothing in that sense you know like just yeah, and people like demonize it as american exceptionalism but i think mm -hmm. really people that's just like simplifying it too much and saying yes it is exceptionalism but it's telling everyone that they're special almost you know what i'm saying yeah. it's very cringy and it's very like like sentimental like that's why I, like another postmodern term or post postmodern like idea is like new sincerity like there is a certain amount of that, that romanticism that has to be involved. Like you almost, and that's why I think aesthetics is the first philosophy. It's like we're saying like, you don't know what the most important or what the most powerful or the most richest or the person you look up to in the CCP is because mm -hmm. it's like, you're supposed to be looking at an ideal almost, you know what I'm saying? Right. And when you look at like, Jay-Z is a figure, you know what I'm saying? Like an individual, everyone. yeah. Exactly, and people look up to him and inspire. And also like, if he falls, that doesn't mean you know what I'm saying? That doesn't mean like anything else falls. That means like Jay-Z falls and that's, Jay -Z, it. that's and it. Exactly. And that's why I think I'm super, I'm on the fence about Twitter. Like mm -hmm. I very much appreciate Twitter, but I'm like, I value Apple super highly. And I value like any of our people, like Elon Musk. It does, to me, it doesn't matter if I hate them as a person or not. It literally right. matters to me zero shits. The point is, is there like, because just to tie this into what we were saying earlier, like innovation, Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying that's the currency yeah. attention like people are complicated exactly why why does bollywood indian films exist mm -hmm. because of hollywood like you know what i'm right. saying like it's not rocket yeah. surgery like yeah we per, like ideas and innovation and like intellectual property the long tail is infinite and so mm -hmm. until people like to address your question and wrap it up like do i think that's the they're the future no because I think that they're about to, like, I think that they're going to almost be stuck in, in the innovation sense. But I also think that they're telling us a lot that we need to learn from. And that's where I get, like, my technocratic, like, my point yeah. of, like, I think it's going to be more technocratic. I think it's like a, a lot point of, in the middle, I think, that we're going to end up at. Because things like electric, like for instance, they're China. They've started a year or two ago. They're building a city as big as Chicago. That hundred percent. It's literally a field right now. You know what I'm saying? They're yeah. building a city as big as Chicago, and hundred percent of the roads are ready for autonomous cars. But it's just they're building a city almost just so they can have autonomous cars there. That's so you know tight. what I'm saying? And so like, <laughs> but you could see someone in the United States just say like, okay, there's this town in Arizona or something. Like you know what I'm saying? It would yeah. be easy. You just need enough money and enough dumb people, but and like, enough central planning. Exactly. Well, to get it done. Well, yeah. Or or rugged individualism. Or rugged I'm like, individualism. I'm from Texas, so I fall a little bit on. Oh, the there line. you go. I was born in Alaska, so I was, so I'm all about the rugged. <laughs> yeah, individualism. That's yeah. actually hilarious. Yeah. Um. So yeah, man. Do you want to wrap it up? What's uh What's your book? And and you know, if like you want to shout out where people can find you or anything, like feel free. Uh, I'm definitely not I always try to advertise so just my name is Zach Counts and most of my stuff pops up there but I'm like I said I'm super interested in aesthetics so cool and just making cool stuff like I'm working on an animated series right now and like another another book so like just super interested in like games probably gonna end up making a game in a couple of years so like just super interested in cool stuff so anybody who's interested in cool stuff hit me up like I'm always down to like conversate and like just shoot the shit so uh, um, I appreciate you having me on this is yeah man that was a lot of fun this has been super let's fun. do it yeah. i want to i want to do it again because because i feel like with this type of conversation inevitably it just feels like you're just kind of scratching the surface of something yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it was it was entertaining i enjoyed it i'm actually i'm i'm going to start recording a podcast to do some or even just uh conversations on my youtube channel so we definitely need to talk sometime because let's i definitely like i like the conversations you're tackling so far like uh, yeah i watched the ubi one i watched the art one. Oh, tight um, thank you 
yeah so it's yeah. like i definitely appreciate like i said i think nuance and conversation is what really is building this like uh reality like that we have in between objective and subjective so i think yeah. things like this are like they don't seem important but the level of conversation that you're having is super important so just you stretch it out over time and it's like the most important thing in my eyes you know even if this even if only like 100 people watch this it's still i think that it's like putting putting the intention of what I want to see out in the world is, is good. So thanks for being exactly. part of it, man. Yep, yep. It's Sweet. an honor. Yep. All right.